Good morning. I've been trying to get up here for a long time, so I'm glad it's finally my turn. Glad that you're here with us today. As you can tell, my voice is a little bit rough today, and so I'm not going to push very hard because we still have one more time to go today with my voice, so we'll see how that goes. But, but Thursday night, I could not speak at all, and let me tell you, Barbara was so happy that I had no voice at all. So, but it has come back at least enough for today, and I am so glad to have a chance to share with you. I know this is a holiday weekend, and we have folks that are out of town, but it looks like we have guests here today, and so we're still fairly full today, so I'm glad you're here with us and here to worship and to praise God. We, a few weeks ago, Barbara was talking to, my wife Barbara was talking to one of her friends, a member here, Sharon Hawkins. Sharon shared a verse from the Bible with her that... Barbara shared with me, and I heard the verse, and I bet I've heard it 500 times. I've, I've probably read it that many times, maybe a thousand times, and it never hit me the way that it hit me whenever Barbara shared it with me. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this idea or concept from the verse, and then we'll talk about shepherding or elders a little bit too before we come to that point. But this morning you may see that the title of our sermon and really the next couple of sermons will have to do with this idea of go north. You have heard that phrase probably, at least if you grew up in the United States, a person will say go due north or what's your due north about getting things right, going the right direction, going toward God or maybe going toward a good career or whatever it may be to get yourself together to go north toward what is good or what is right. So today I want to take us back into the Old Testament, back into really into the book of Genesis for a few moments. And you may know of God's people were the Israelites, and the Israelites had what we would call a roller coaster history. It was up and it was down, and it was up and it was down. And in those days, back when God called Abraham, before his name was even Abraham, it was Abram, and God called him. And God said, I am going to make you the father of a great nation. It is going to be so great that, that you are going to have descendants like the stars in the sky. It's going to be like the sands of the seashore. You will have so many descendants. Whoever blesses you, I'll bless. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. This is going to be a wonderful relationship. You are the father of this great nation. Now, if Abram and Sarai were anything like us, my guess is they would talk and have conversations about, well, if God said we're going to be a great nation or I'm going to be a great nation, how many kids do you think we'll have? You think we'll have five or 10 or 50 kids? I mean, what does that mean? And probably their minds also went to, how many grandkids do you think we'll have? And considering how long people lived in those days, they might have even been saying, how many great, 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 great grandkids do you think we'll have? You can imagine the excitement they would have, but then the disappointment they would have as they waited about two and a half decades before that promised one, Isaac, came to them before she gave birth to Isaac. And so there were ups and there were downs, and then there were a, a time that the Israel started growing as a people. It was really one big family. <coughs> Excuse me. It was like one big family, it seemed like. And, and and they had kids, and Jacob, there was Jacob and Esau that we'll talk about later, and some, some others, and finally there's Joseph who ends up out in Egypt, 
and then all of the family, those, that little root or that little bud that will become Israel, they became the honored guest in Egypt. They were going to be allowed to live in Egypt because of Joseph. Now, there's a lot to the story. If you know it, you know it. If you don't, go and read Genesis chapters 11 through 50, where you'll get the, the details that are really interesting. But it was going to be, wow, we get to live here. How great that would be. The Pharaoh or the king loved, loved Joseph, and therefore he loved his family. But then there got to be a whole lot of the Israelites. And, and the Bible says that a Pharaoh came up that did not know Joseph. So he didn't care about Joseph anymore. And so the children of Israel, the Israelites, were enslaved in Egypt. For centuries, they were enslaved in Egypt. One generation after another, and another, and another. And finally, after 400 years, God forced Pharaoh, or the king, to let them go. 400 years of slavery. Their history up and down, and up and down. And now you can imagine this great moment through the ten plagues. Whenever Moses says, let my people go, and you remember, you remember that they were able to cross the Red Sea and get over to a place that they would be away from the Pharaoh and the Egyptian army, and that that would be the place that it would be so wonderful, they thought, and how exciting it should be. And all the Israelites should have been so incredibly thankful for what God had done that even in the midst of slavery, God had been with them. Even in the midst of all that they had gone through, they should have been happy with that. But they weren't. Because now they were out in the desert, and sure enough, Pharaoh's army had all been destroyed inside the Red Sea, and they were happy when it happened. Matter of fact, the people sang, and they even danced because they were so happy. And now they're out here, and their feet hurt, and it's hot. And they start complaining. And they say, you know, we don't have any food to eat. And we don't have any water to drink. Well, God provided food. God provided water. We're tired of that food. We want some new food. And they complained. But what's so interesting is it seems like they complained like we complain, right? You know how exciting it would have been in the days of George Washington to have had, a, had central air conditioning in your house? And now on those really hot days in Houston in August when it'll get to 98 degrees and, and the humidity is 110%, it feels like, right? And you're in your house and it's 98 degrees outside and you're frustrated that your air conditioner will only get it down to 80 in the house. You know, what kind of air conditioner is this? They sold me a bad one. And we complain about the things that we have. The chair is never quite comfortable enough. The car is not good enough. Whatever it is, we complain in a similar way as the Israelites complain about what God had done for them. And so because of that, God said they would not enter into the promised land. And they sinned because they didn't trust God. They sinned. They went against God. They grumbled against God. Matter of fact, at one point they say, I wish we could just all go back to Egypt where we had food to eat. Did they forget that they had been enslaved in Egypt? 
Oh, you remember they took all the gold they had and they threw it into the fire and now it comes something that looks like a calf. And they go, this will be our God. The thing that we throw in the fire that comes out in the shape of a calf, we will worship that. And they went against God and they worshiped all kinds of other gods that, were, that, were, that made God angry as to what was happening. They should have been so thankful, but yet they didn't trust God and they sinned. And Deuteronomy chapter 1, in verses 31 and 32, I'm going to read this first part of, as one sentence. I want you to see it. And in the wilderness there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son. All the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God. So God is telling them what it was like for the 40 years in the wilderness or in the desert. And he said, there you were out there and God was carrying you. You know what it's like to carry a child? Some of you have carried your own children. You've carried them. Maybe you had a long way to go. Maybe you were at the, at the rodeo or at a state fair and you had a long way to go with them. So you put them up on your shoulders and you walk around, you hold their feet, right? And you walk around or sometimes you hold them like this and you caress them. And sometimes it's because it's windy or raining or even snowing outside. And you have to protect that child, right? You do whatever you can. And then that child says, I don't trust you. See, this is what God was doing for Israel out in the middle of the desert. He's taking care of them all this time. But they don't trust God. The first time they get hungry, the first time they get hot, the first time they get cranky, they go against God. Not a lot different than what sometimes we are today. So what God said was, the first generation out in the desert, you will not go into the promised land. Basically, you're not spiritually mature enough to go into the promised land because you don't trust me. So what will be the next generation that goes in? So after 40 years of wandering aimlessly, God said that they could finally enter into this promised land that he had given them. That finally, this would be the place where they would live. And now comes this key verse in Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verses 2 and 3. I want you to hear it. Then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. Do you hear what he says? Boy, this has some practical application for all of us. You have wandered around too long. You have been wandering around for 40 years. Now change direction. Go north. Change what you're doing. Do something different. We've been expecting different results, but going through the same thing over and over and over again, thinking somehow this will be different, but it is never different. Go north. It's time to go north. And I think if Moses could stand and talk to us today, or even more, if God could talk to us today, what, what he would say to us is, for some of us, go north. Change the direction you're going. Quit going around in circles over and over and over again. But instead, go and find the promised land. Go and find what I have for you. And so you would think that if you go, into the prom you go north and go the direction God wants, that everything will be great, right? 
I want you to read with me Deuteronomy chapter 2, the very next verses in this sequence, in verses 4 through 7. So he says, go north, and then he says, give the people these orders. You are about to pass through the territory of your relatives, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir. They will be afraid of you, but be very careful. Do not provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land, not even enough to put your foot on. I have given Esau the hill country of Seir as his own. You are to pay them in silver for the food you eat and what you drink. The Lord your God has blessed you in all the works of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have lacked nothing. So you would think, now everything is wonderful. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to go north. I'm going to go his direction. We're going to the promised land. All will be good. Some of us today are trying to already apply this before we even get to that part of the lesson. You're thinking, okay, my relationships, in my job, in my Christian walk, I need to go north. I need to follow God. I need to do what he says. So what can happen when we follow God's direction? Well, let me tell you one thing that can happen. The road may be scary. The road may be scary. When you do what God says to do, it may not just all be wonderful. Often we talk about, about being baptized, and people will come forward during a service. You can be baptized other times also. But people will walk forward. They'll go back here, and they're baptized, and we'll form a circle around them and sing and tell them how happy we are, and we'll pray, and how excited we are for the life that they have in Jesus but the road in front of them will also be scary some days. You see, this Esau had a brother by the name of Jacob. The Israelites came through Jacob. Most of you know this in the Bible. If not, go back to those chapters in Genesis and read it. But what happened is Jacob was one that stayed home, and Esau was one that went out and hunted. And one day Jacob has been cooking, and he cooked something like beans. We'll call them beans, right, because we live here, right? And so it was something like beans. And Esau is out hunting, and when he comes home, he goes, oh, I am so hungry. It would be like saying I could eat a horse. And Jacob is there with a the plan. And he knows that his brother has the birthright. His brother is getting the most of the inheritance. And so he says to his brother, I'll trade you your birthright for this bowl of beans. And his brother says, okay. Maybe it was better his brother didn't get the birthright. That's all the smarter he is, right? And so his brother says, okay. And Jacob holds him to the deal. His, Jacob uh, fools his father, and Jacob gets the birthright. And now they will be going through the land where this Esau was from, in the land that God had given him, where his descendants were probably saying, the promised land should belong to us. And God says, no, it belongs to them. And so now this road is going to be scary. You're going to see people that don't care about you, who don't like you, who, who want to spit on you, who look down on you. If you have a faith in Jesus and you have decided to start living your faith and showing your faith in Christ, do not be surprised if your old friends or even your family say, I don't want anything to do with you. If they scoff at you, they look down on you, they make fun of you, don't be surprised. That is part of what happens when you start going north and go the direction that God calls us to go. So the road may be scary, 
There may even be traps along the road. There may be some trying to kind of trap to get you to fall, to get you to, so, so to speak, lose your Christianity along the way. Don't give in. Keep going forward. And don't stop, even if you're tempted. Do you remember what happened here in the scripture I just read? Do you remember what it said? It said, God said, I'm not giving you their land. That's their land. You can't even have a foot of it. It's not yours. It's theirs. Quit trying to claim things that are in the world because they belong to the world. They don't belong to us. We want spiritual things, not worldly things. Don't take those things. Don't claim those things. Keep going forward toward what God wants rather than what the world wants and what the world has. And when you decide to go north and the road is scary, and you start trying to do the right thing at work, and you start trying to make ethical decisions like what you believe God would make and what God would want, and when you try, try, try to be a parent like you think God would want you to be a parent, whether a mom or a dad, and, and you start trying to be a husband like you think God would want or a wife like God would want or a kid like God would want, and you start making those decisions... Don't forget that God has blessed you in the past. Even though the road is scary, don't forget, He has blessed you in the past, He has carried you in the past, and He will continue to carry you in the future. He is not going to forget you. He is not going to give up on you. Remember, God is with you when you go north. When you go His direction and you change direction, you go with Him. And do what he wants. And my guess is, while I realize we are an audience of people from all different places and all different, all different nationalities, and, and we come from different parts of the city and even parts of the state, and I don't have a way to know everything about everybody going on at every moment, but my guess is, is that God may want some of us to change in one way or another. My guess is that God has been working on the hearts of some of us this week or even in the past month or year, and there is a change that needs to take place. And he's saying, go north. Maybe not in those words, but you know what I'm talking about. He's saying, you go north. You go toward the promised land. You do what's right. Do not give up. Do not fall backwards. Do not keep going round and round in circles. Go north. Go toward me and toward my, toward my voice. John Maxwell has a list of reasons that, that people change and why they change. One of the reasons he says people change is because finally they get enough information to change. And that's true. But there are a whole lot of us that have more than enough information about Jesus and we still don't change. I mean, we go to Bible class, we are daily Bible readers, we go to worship service, we have devotionals, we have a calendar that we read a verse every day. It's not as if we don't know, and we don't change. Let me tell you, if you are wanting to become a Christian and you are on the verge, let me tell you what you do need to know. You need to know that Jesus is really the Lord. He is really the Lord, and He can forgive your sins, and He can give you His power through the, whole, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you can become His child even today, and you will keep figuring out things along the way. 
But, but he wants you. Understand that. He wants you. He is north. The other reason John Maxwell says, or another reason he says that people finally change is because they finally get hurt so badly they have to change. Now we probably understand that too because many of us have been hurt, haven't we? Hurt to the point that we realize we got to make a difference in our life. We got to do something different than what we did yesterday or the day before. We've got to change habits. We've got to change attitudes. We may have to change other things about ourselves in order to live the life that God wants and the life that we want. It may even be that we have to need to change our job. Now, I'm not into telling you to change your job necessarily, but maybe that's what you need to change. Maybe it is a job. Maybe you have a job right now where, where you are just going around in circles. And you are no longer glorifying God with your job. Everything we do, even our jobs, we should do in the name of the Lord. But that may not be what you're doing. You may not be taking care of your family the way you should. You could get another job making the same amount of money, maybe less, maybe even more. But you are not taking care of your family and the spiritual needs that need to be taken care of in the job that you have now. Or you just need to get a job and take care of your family and the people who are in need. It could be that it's something like you need to move. Now, the only people I'm telling to move are those who are online who don't, who don't live in Houston. Everybody needs to, to be a part of this congregation. I don't want any of you to leave, okay? But honestly, if you have undone business with people somewhere else, like children, or someone that you should be responsible for that you are not taking care of, you need to do that. You need to take care of your responsibilities, even if it did mean move. Maybe it's to another place, another location, maybe it's to another house, whatever it may be. But whatever it is that we need the change, we need to do. Maybe it's in a relationship that is going round and round and round in circles. And maybe what we need is we need marriage counseling and help to get to the next level. And we need to lean on God to get finally to go due north, to go the way that God wants us to go. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe there are even times that there are bad friendships that we need to get rid of. And we need to find godly friends rather than the ones that are taking us down. And maybe it's baptism. We've thought about it forever, right? Round and round and round. And we just need to go north. We just need to go his direction. That's it. Just follow him to the promised land. It's not hard. Now, there are rough days for those who are in Christ, but there are rougher days for those who are not in Jesus. We follow Jesus. Now, here's my question for us this morning. Have I wandered around long enough? Boy, some of us, we don't, probably don't have the drive that we used to have. At one point, we were so on fire for God. Maybe we were on fire in our relationships. We were excited about our jobs. And, and, and this thing about God permeated our relationships. He permeated our jobs. He permeated every interaction we had. And now we're just kind of blah. And I'm wandering around, around and around and around. And God says, change direction. 
For some, of that, for some of us, that is to be baptized into Jesus. Our faith is in him, we believe in him, and now we need to take the next step. And for others of us, it's to say, how can I get closer to Jesus? How can I get closer to this family of believers so that I'm thinking about more things than just myself? How can I do that? And so we work together to figure out what's best, and we pray for each other, and we talk to friends, and, and maybe your shepherd, or you talk to a minister, or whoever. How can I be more that way? This morning, we want to glorify God in all that we do. If you need to be baptized, if you need, if you need prayer, you can come forward and we'll pray, or you can write to us at prayer at mcoc.org, and we will pray for you. Come this morning as we stand and sing.